World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Rolling? Yeah, we're good. Okay, hello, welcome to the story. My name is Jeff. I'm... Nope, not the story. It's a podcast. <laughs> no, it's a... Try, you called it a uh, movie in the last episode, try. too, so... <laughs> hello, welcome to... Welcome welcome to the show. It's... We're not gonna do it bad this time. I don't know. <laughs> just a weird day. I don't know what's going on with me. Uh, anyway, we've got to hurry through this. We've only got about 45 minutes to record this whole episode. Alright. I already have to pee, so we'll try to make this a short one. Luckily, it's a <laughs> short story. The story yes. is uh, by Reddit user Easy... No, don't introduce the story before you introduce me. I've That's not how the show works. Some... I do that sometimes lately, and now that you've told me not to, I'm definitely doing it. Uh, <laughs> this The story is by Reddit user Easy Misery, um, who has a real human name that is not a Reddit username, and it's Easy Morgan. Sorry, I had to Google. I bet you could tell by the fact that I was saying a really weirdly long sentence. The, <laughs> the story is called Tampon Recall and was also posted, it's posted on New Sleep, but was also posted to uh, Thought Catalog as I was offered a very generous settlement not to tell you the disgusting truth of the Tampon Recall. Uh, and it is a piece of fiction from 2016. Please welcome with me to discuss uh, the story, the person who suggested that we discuss it, Hannah Burge. Hello, it's me again. Uh, this was was uh, a while ago that you sent this story to me, and unusually, I read it right away, <laughs> uh, which I I didn't remember having read it when you mentioned that we could talk about it on the show. But then mm. I did. I did remember uh, when I was listening to it. Like I definitely know this story. Yeah, I think it must have been. Mm, I was on the Johns Hopkins campus when I sent it to you. I remember this. So it must have been February last, not this past February, but February of 2017. Mm, okay, yeah, I don't know what any of that means. Uh, I mean, uh, you know what the date February 2017 Yeah, yeah, means. I get that part. I guess I don't know um, when things happen in my own life or mm. anyone else's life. Um, ah, I see. I have right. extremely vivid memories of very particular portions of my life, like moments <laughs> at a time, and, and this just happens to be one I remember. <laughs> Unfortunately, you also have very particular, uh, specific, and encyclopedic memories of everything I've ever said on this podcast, which is worry, <laughs> which is worrying to me as a person who sometimes says things that they later regret. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. We're friends, so I don't fault you for the things you say if they don't make sense. It's okay. okay You've never said anything good. expressly bad. You want to drown uh, a lot of Republicans, but that's okay. Most no, no, I want. Bad. They want. I want them to drown themselves. This is. <laughs> like two or three episodes in a row now that the fact that I've said this a couple times has come up. Really? I'm gonna, in the fall, I'm gonna get like a bunch of um, like bad reviews and not know why. 
because <laughs> I, I forget the, have sh- said? the show leaves my mind as soon as I'm done making it. Well, I also yeah. got a bunch of like nice reviews to make up for those, like That's by true. people being I saw like, that. I'm glad. Yeah, that was nice. Was- um, I anyway, also please- mess up a lot. Oh yeah, right. We have to do this quickly. Yeah, we have to. T- pl- please tell us about this story. Uh, right. It's not a long one, so it won't be as bad as last episode. Boy, that was just a nightmare. Um, so this woman says that she's been tracking the tampon recall closely uh, and is documenting for us her exact account of what happened. Um, and she was offered a lot of money not to talk about it, but she is going to talk about it anyway. It was last November in three months ago. What? That can't be. Maybe it just came to no sleep three months ago. I heard about it a long time ago. Yeah, anyway. it was it, it was it was posted in January of um, of 2016. So I don't That's know better. why. I don't know why the, it's been reposted here. I don't know, because it appeared on the No Sleep podcast, like, late 2016, so I didn't think yeah, that se- was season Yeah, season 7, episode 3. Um, yeah, that sounds fine. So, anyway, uh, um... I'm so- actually clicking from the... There's a Snopes article about this because of the Thought Catalog <laughs> post, uh... <laughs> And it's, uh, yeah, I have the original post here now. I don't think that it's any different. It's like the same user and everything. Okay. Um, I think right. this might have just been, um, no, I was going to say maybe an April Fool's joke, but it was posted in mid-March. <laughs> Anyway. March Fools, you know, uh, that famous holiday. Anyway, um, so she says, the, the narrator says, mm, also, if you're squeamish about uh, what happens to women's bodies monthly between the ages of about 13 and 55, you probably shouldn't listen to this episode because we're going to talk about that a lot. Um, and she says that she's been using tampons since she was like 15. And so she we goes could, about. <laughs> we could be both more specific and um, uh, inclusive and say, uh, we're talking about menstruation. That's true. We are talking about that. (laughs) Because there are, I think, a lot of things that happen to uh, a lot of people's bodies between those ages. Let's just be specific, specific because also uh, everybody with vaginas, and not even all cis women experience this, but certainly no trans women do. Uh, So uh, let's uh, do away with the the artifice of um, uh, uh, euphemism. All right, fine. That's fine. I'm the one who wanted to talk about this story. I can do this. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's so extremely crazy. So that month, uh, when the narrator got her period, she started to feel a weird itching sensation. Uh, Like she says, like someone's dragging a rake down the inside of my vagina, which is pretty upsetting. Uh, She says she wasn't worried it was an STD since she hadn't had sex in a year. And then when she gets home, she gets in a bath. Um, and she says that everything felt okay for a little while, uh, but, spoiler alert, she took out her tampon to take the bath, so that's why she felt better. Um, she woke up in the middle of the night in extreme pain, uh, now the itching feels more like razors, uh, she's covered in blood from the waist down, essentially. She, uh, gets into the bathtub, uh, takes out her tampon, and it says it looks like it had been ripped apart while it was inside of her. Uh, she gets super lightheaded, calls 911, uh, and when she gets to the hospital, she says to a doctor, what happened to me? And the doctor asks her a couple of questions. And after she describes what happens, the doctor says, let me guess, are you menstruating? And she says, yeah. And he says, did you use a tampon? And she says, yeah. And then the doctor says that there is a recall on tampons right now that he says hasn't gone public yet, which doesn't make any sense because I think it's a requirement. Yeah, recalls have to be immediate. <laughs> yeah. 
like, you can't be like, oh, there's a recall on this particular item, but we would really like it if people kept buying it for as long as they could before we told them about it. Um, but it also says that the Surgeon General alerted hospitals that they may see an influx of patients with extreme wounds inside their vaginas. So why can we tell the doctors, but we can't tell human normal people? I don't know. Yeah, Very. especially if you, like, you. It's, it's not like everyone on the planet is going to be <laughs> menstruating at the same time. Like, you could prevent people who uh, maybe are just getting ready. They're like, yeah. mm, I've got a couple days according to the app, and... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be ready for the, this horrible thing that's happening to everybody else. And yeah, it's just weird that you would yeah. wait at all. Like, as soon as you know, put out the press release, especially it because says, it is, it is global and affects literally every product across all companies for some yeah, reason. I do not understand that <laughs> companies, uh, plural, had announced a worldwide recall of all tampons. Oh, what are you saying? And, How can that be? And and only tampons. Yeah. No other no other cotton products at all. <laughs> like they have a specific cotton field that they pluck the cotton for every tampon in the world from. Yeah. And some of them are okay. Well anyway. Uh and then uh she gets a lot of painkillers because there was a lot of problems. And then like after they find out about the recall, it says they found out by talking to me or something like that that I wasn't doing it to myself, which is like you know what's happening the, there are 40 other women in that hospital in the same condition according to the narrator so like they know it's just I don't know and then 10 days later the past conference is held 10 days later 10 days and like thousands of dead people yeah at ten, 10 thousands of absolutely dead people because yeah. they are also doing blood transfusions on these women because they've lost yeah. a lot of blood and like that is there is not an infinite supply of blood in the blood banks like if every woman between every like that's so many women that's so many blood it's yeah it's it's a lot of people uh, so crazy. because it's it's like a solid half of the month yeah. at this point and yeah. that is including like i don't know it's from uh, how far back does it go to? Because yes. uh, like it's not like the tampon stock is rotating very frequently. <laughs> this could this could be affecting literally everyone on the planet who uses tampons because yeah. of how long they've waited. That it's madness. The whole structure of this story in a half a dozen different ways is pure madness. This That's is just true. That's kind this of is, why I wanted to talk about. It. Yeah, this is but one small way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and then she says that the woman who gives the press conference uh, is from Tampax, but all of the brands are giving the same speech. Why? That is not how it would go, even if this could happen. That is not how it would happen. Um, then she recommends that anyone who has used a tampon in the past month, so it's a month back, that's how far it goes, uh, report immediately to a hospital. There's a cure for these medical concerns associated with tampon use. I don't understand how it's possible to be like, hey, all the women who use tampons are extremely in, in trouble, but we won't tell you why, but we will tell you what the medicine is called. Like, it's just... Especially because you could then Google that medicine and kind of put it together, but then also they figure out very easily once the medicine is uh, given to uh, everyone what 
is happening. Horrible, horrible. It's so horrible. Uh, anyway, uh, then after the broadcast, the hospital fills with women. Uh, two are in the same room as our narrator named Mary and Justine. Uh, it says that Mary used tampons for her entire period. How would you not figure out that something was wrong after two days of this? After one days of this? Yeah, oh. especially because the narrator is like, uh, the narrator got two tampons in and was like, I have to go to the hospital because I'm bleeding to death. <laughs> Yeah. How do you get like, through a week of this without even... Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it could be that the story is trying to make commentary on how doctors do not believe women um, when they tell them they're sick. Uh, that's possible. I, I think that if you take it from that angle, it becomes like a very powerful um, satire about sexism. But um, yeah, there are a if lot you of just if you take there. it yeah if you take it on its face as a horror story, it gosh it makes no <laughs> sense. I don't think that it goes far enough that um, that it would be like I think I'm being generous by framing it as a satire. I don't think it goes far enough that I can definitely say the author intended that intended this to be a satire yeah, but I think that I it's I think it's plausible that they did she does say in the story that she just wanted this horror story to be over which I appreciated a lot despite the fact that it's almost <laughs> definitely not intentional uh, anyway uh, as soon as Akira arrives at the hospital they give it to the women and she says the narrator it was contained in a pill that we were supposed to put inside our vaginas it's called a vaginal suppository we have a word for that you don't have to too much uh, Especially because uh, a pill to me does not mean a gel capsule, um, <laughs> which is when you say that the medicine was inside a pill, what I'm thinking is you don't know what a, a capsule is called. That's true. Or um, how medicine works. Yeah. Because like to me, a pill is like a solid thing. Um, I'll say a pill when I'm talking about a capsule, but if I'm talking about like medicine being put inside of a pill, I know that that's called a capsule. Yeah, I don't know. Even in the medicinal chemistry issue uh, industry, we sort of just call them all pills. But suppositories are a different thing. The formulation is very different. So sure. you wouldn't Makes put sense. a pill or a, what we refer to as gel capsule just inside a mucous membrane. That's not what it's for. Uh, yeah. Because it has to be digested by acid uh, in your tummy. So then once the suppository is in place, the doctor leaves the room and closes closes the door. Uh, yeah, then, that seems weird yeah, for it's a doctor to do. definitely weird. Um, and then the narrator says that around 11pm, we don't know how far that is from when this happened, uh, Justine says she feels something weird. Uh, she, The narrator's like, oh, should we call the nurse? But then suddenly thousands of ants start crawling out of Justine's vagina and <laughs> all of them just walk out from from her vagina and they crawl up her body onto her face. They are covered in blood. The ants are covered in blood. Uh, I have no idea why. Then Mary is screaming. The narrator is pushing the nurse button, but no one's showing up. Uh, Mary says that she's like screaming. And then the narrator says that the ants are eating through her skin to get to the surface. What kind of ants are these that yeah. can do that? That is a lot to ask 
mask of an ant. Uh, yeah, they're they're burrowing up through through her skin. One of them burrows out of her eye. Uh, then they're like coming out of her throat, I guess, because she stops screaming and starts gurgling. Yeah. And, uh, then- and the narrator says that she's ashamed to say that she looked away. What? <laughs> like as soon as I saw ant, as soon as I saw ant one, I would have like left the room. No, as soon as you saw ant one, you're like, oh no, these ants are gonna come out of me because I also took this pill. Like, right. this is an immediately obvious conclusion. And like, I guess I don't know why that isn't her first thought. I don't know what she would do about it, but anyway. Yeah, thankfully, Easy spares us from the first person view of this uh, ant of this ant thing and just says, I don't want to talk about that because it also happened to me. Um, yeah. Which, phew, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> that was very kind and very yeah, unnosely. It's like, very believable, too. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's one thing I'll say about this story is uh, the character is talking about this um, over-the-top fantastical thing in a way that is pretty believable. Yeah. I agree with that, that the perspective is very good of the character on the event and the way that it's reported. I think that that is a big plus. Uh, She says, turns out Uh, that the pill they gave us is a fungus, uh, the cordyceps fungus, which we are all familiar with from the other popular no sleep story, Does It Hurt When You Sleep, which I think is published before this. Yeah, also Um, from the video game The Last of Us. (laughs) Doesn't it infect humans in that game, though? Yeah, in... Well, oh, I, it's they're trying to make it infect humans and does it hurt when you sleep too, right? Yeah, I guess it does because they grow and, those big eye stalks out of their faces, uh-huh, which doesn't yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Why no, would that happen? In in the Last of Us, it uh, it's sort of a more grounded approach. If as long as you make the logical leap that this fungus can infect humans. Um, mm-hmm. then it, it, it does, like, the way that it functions from there makes sense, but it's such a huge leap. Uh, yeah. Mo- more of a leap humans than... humans are so <laughs> different. Yeah, more of a leap than this story is making, even having it just affect ants. I don't know. There is a 0.0000% chance, I just want to make it clear how sure I am with added significant figures, percent chance that ants could survive in your vagina? That doesn't make any sense. Or anywhere inside of your body, because ants ants, ants breathe. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, not only are they inside of a very, very closed space, but also they're blocked in to a small area of that closed space and we're expected to believe that they can find their way out of a tampon and also that all of the ants are inside the tampon just like sitting around waiting. Like, oh, I assumed it was ant e- I assumed it was ant eggs. Mm, I guess. It's just like did they hatch instantly upon being inserted? Like the timing of that is really strange. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. it was very quick. It was very quick. Yeah. Um maybe they were like freeze-dried ant eggs. And so <laughs> Uh, as soon as they encounter any moisture, they instantly hatch. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird and it doesn't make sense and it's just there for the horrible imagery. Yeah. Um, and the, the narrator says that the Surgeon General must have been forced to use this because the ants were borrowed so deep in our bodies that typical methods couldn't reach them. Typical methods of bodily ant removal? What yeah. is that? It's it's pure madness. Like, uh, why... why it's 
You're ju- you like you infect the ants with this fungus that you don't know how it will infect people. Um, <laughs> also, the fact the beginning of the story, um, the narrator tells us that sixty percent of women were affected by yeah. this recall, and then tells us at the end of the story uh, that she's been rendered sterile by this experience, which is reasonable, and that combination of factors means that. This story is much more interesting in let's look at what the world is like after that, when yeah. suddenly 60% of women can't bear children anymore. This is the preface to The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, it, actually, it's, you know what, I think uh, 60% of, if it's saying 60% were affected by the recall, that includes the ones who died. <laughs> <laughs> and we we don't know we don't know how many people died, but yeah, presum- that's true. presumably a bunch. Presumably a bunch. That's true. And the like the thing is. Oh, also this um this person was in. Oh no, okay, this person lives in America. Uh, yeah. I listened to the story and it was Erica Sanderson, who's British. Yeah, British. Um, and uh, she mentions calling nine 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 instead of nine one one. Did she um, really? Did they really change that? That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which uh, completely ruins the story because the justification for the one character not going to the hospital is that she doesn't have health insurance. Yeah, that's true, and that wouldn't happen there. Yeah, I, I think that um, that line was probably removed in the Britishization of it. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't, it, uh, I, I don't remember either. I listened to it just earlier today, but uh, I have a very bad memory, especially for <laughs> minor details about things I don't don't care about. Uh, yeah, that's no, th- this story. This story was actually pretty good. Um, if you can Hold ignore on, we the, we have to f- talk about the the end. The end where yes. the narrator says that she heard a rumor in her support group that an affected woman climbed to the top of a telephone pole before dying, just like right. the ants did. I forgot about that. Yeah, ah! that may, maybe it af- maybe it affects people now too. Ooh. So this I, is how th- th- in the same world a both miserably the last of bad us and start. What? Yeah. This was a miserably bad trend in um, story, in horror, I would say, Mm. is the cordyceps fungus. Uh, that's what we're going to remember as the horror trend of the the uh, late 20 teens. Yeah, that's is, true. Like, come on. It's not that <laughs> exciting. You could just have zombies, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not great. Yeah, I, I didn't, um, I, I didn't hate it because within the context of the story, it's uh, as ridiculous. Um <laughs> So this story is pretty ridiculous, but it's another one like the Pancake Family, where it's very ridiculous, yeah. but extraordinarily well written. Yes. Um, which, God, just makes me so mad. <laughs> you, at one point on the show, specifically requested that people send you stories like this. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it makes me so, it makes me upset. Uh, and, uh, yeah. like, I, I like a well-written story. Um, and that is my preference to receive for sure, but it just, it is like maddening that this person would be like, "Mm, I'm going to use my talent to produce some real garbage. It's so Um, delightful though. I find 
this story absolutely delightful and how so, so stupid it is. Yeah. I just clicked on Easy Misery's um, username to see her other posts and uh-huh. one of the most recent one with 2,148 upvotes submitted a mere, a mere seven hours ago and has what? already accumulated 161 comments no is way. titled, is titled, here we go. It's titled, there's a baby monitor in my daughter's coffin. <laughs> Uh, this will be so removed. That's, this will yeah, be that's, removed. That is it. That's it. Clickbait title. No, this. I, I want to read this story. Oh, it's short too. Oh uh, yay! So short. That's pretty I'm good. Also looking gonna, at it. Yeah, I, I want to read this. Um. I yeah. I I like. Uh, well, I I like this this tampon recall story overall, even though it's very ridiculous. So. Uh, I mean, it seems obvious, uh, but I'll ask anyway, what's the spookiest part of this story for you? (laughs) No, wait, I read the story. This is insane. This couple has a baby. It dies. Oh, you you read the I did. I read it while you while you were saying what you just said. And then the woman is like totally delusional and she goes, "Oh, the kid woke up now." And she turns around with something in her arms and she says, "She's not dead. She's right here." In her arms was a creature that resembled an insect. Its arms were spindly and it had large black hairs sticking out of its body. The abdomen was sectioned into two parts, both shiny like the exoskeleton of a beetle. Mama, it said in its sickening voice. No! And then she breastfeeds the beetle monster. And then the husband says, Kelsey, she's beautiful. And that's the end. <laughs> Extremely great. Oh my god. Why? Why did it happen this way? Yeah, I uh, don't want to read this story. Oh, actually, I guess we do not know Easy Morgan's gender because this story is from the point of view of a man. And uh-huh. I feel pretty certain based on the level of intimacy and realness in the tampon recall story that she is almost certainly female. Yeah. I'm not positive, but this could be another Baraska situation. Uh, yeah, that's true. Easy yeah, Morgan I should. Star Wars. Easy Morgan Star. Yeah, I got that autocomplete. Also, that's weird. What? Uh, Very weird. I'm clicking on all of the things. Mm, Patreon. She's got a women, a female profile picture on Facebook. It is a drawing, though. So could be a drawing of just some other person. Boy, oh boy, we may never know. Oh, this just in. Women write horror and can stare the shit out of you. Oh, okay, sure. <sighs> I suppose. That seems I mean, like... Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, that I, sounds... Like <laughs> I just had to close a tab of Google with ants breathe air. Uh, I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to ensure that I was correct that oh, ants do, in fact, breathe air. I knew certainly um, that you were true. I just got back from Peru, and in the jungle of Peru, there are extremely ants of all kinds, including the extremely scary ones, the army ants. I don't know if you've seen the videos on YouTube of like what happens I, when they enter a village. I don't plan to. Oh god, they basically just like destroy everything. Like people who live in areas where army ants are common know that if they come into your house, you just have to leave. You just have to leave. You can't stay. Because Ugh. they, if one gets on you, their chemical trail is so extremely strong that they can follow you across literally miles and find where you are. It's crazy. Just hop on a plane and leave. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
And then if you go somewhere else where there's army ants, they will find you if they're within miles. Anyway, it was extremely scary to watch them because you're like walking through the jungle and they're walking on the ground and the guide is always like, hey, please do not touch these ants. You will kill us all because we have to sleep in the same place tonight. You're like, uh, no, please, anything but. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, just a nightmare. Ants are really scary. Uh, anyway, I think the um, uh, spookiest part for me is, no, there's not really a spooky part for me in this story because the Ooh. horror can't get to me. Um, I think the I, spooky part is the implications with regard to how society treats women which is the intent. Yeah. Absolutely the uh, intent. I, instead of my spooky part, I'm going to just list the uh, huge leaps in logic that the story has to make to work. <laughs> okay. um, number one, uh, that uh, 60% of women <laughs> use tampons during this uh, time when they are literally all across all brands infected. Um, two, all of them across all brands are infected. <laughs> uh, no matter the material that I get, I mean, it, as far as I know, they're all made of the same material, but it seems likely that there would be some alternate material tampons made of something else. Is non-organic that... non-organic cotton, rayon, or a combination of these materials along with synthetic fibers? Okay, if you're using rayon, a synthetic material, how did the ants get in? That yeah. is so nothing. We, are, we already have. Uh, so that's been debunked already. There, they are. They are the materials they're made out of can vary by. Uh, brand, so <laughs> that's another one too. Um, also, the fact that these companies wouldn't immediately be put out of business and all of them jailed for uh, <laughs> breaking the law with withholding, like, at the very least in other countries, maybe not in America, but mm. in Canada and the UK, those people would be put on trial and put in jail for <laughs> I murder. I sort of think that the purpose of that extreme extreme, though, is to make a comment on how women yeah. are treated, right? Like, yeah. again, this like, oh, well, you know, it's better for us to keep our company alive than to save the lives of 60% of women in the world, so... Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's uh, then, all <laughs> moving on, the ants <laughs> would uh, suffocate or drown, assuming <laughs> that they could hatch out of the eggs, assuming oh, they would be in eggs. Oh, she got in a bath! She got in a bath! Yeah, she got in a bath, so they would all uh, like double oh. drown they'd be dead uh, which full of dead ants pretty bad uh, oh. I don't think I don't think that the fungus would be able to spread to all of them that quickly unless no, they that's all true. like went and ate it um, but presumably <laughs> they've moved deeper into her body based on the wounds um, it's a very fast acting fungus for some reason like it's fast just acting a fungus it's like, it's just a few hours later and suddenly these ants have reached the final stage of cordyceps infection, which mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure doesn't take just a few hours. I think it's no. like weeks. It's at least days, if not weeks. Oh, yeah, it's why would you do this to me? When I search for cordyceps fungus, the first fucking thing that comes up is the Last of Us wiki. Don't do that. No, <laughs> don't do that to me. Ah, Science Direct. Thank God. Too oh. spooky. Um, Too spooky. Yeah, it's there's there's a lot of gaps in the story, but it's well written and serves as a pretty good um, uh, social satire. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, 
I recommend taking a look at... If you want to know how to structure a story in a compelling way, I think it's a good study for that, too. Yeah. Um, because ignoring the, like, real-world logical gaps it is structured narratively very well. That's true. It's extremely well-written. I enjoyed yeah. to read it. I yeah. Well, I find horrible nonsense stories on No Sleep to be just delightful, as evidenced yeah. by another story I extremely like, Mr. Banana, which you talked about without yeah. me on the show, even though I specifically yeah. asked you not to. Not that I'm... A, be- a betrayal that I'll never be forgiven for. Yep, I brought it uh, up on the last two sets of episodes I was on, <laughs> so... Uh, but uh, yeah. So we I- have... It's, it's, like, the escalation works really well. Um, I always mm-hmm. look to, uh, as you'll know as a long-time listener, and as any other listeners will know, I look to Paranormal Activity, the 2007 motion picture, directed and written by Oren Pelly, as like the masterpiece of horror pacing, um, where you get some hints that maybe some things are weird, and then a couple more, like, that's weird, but still you can wave it off. And then some unexplainable things happening at night that the characters are not fully aware of, and then something undeniably supernatural happening during the day, and then we enter the final, like, crazy ghost stuff keeps happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this story follows it, like, we get, first she experiences a little bit of pain, um, and then she experiences a lot of pain and something seriously medically wrong. Mm -hmm. And then she, like, um, goes to the hospital and discovers that other people are experiencing the pain, but are in worse stages of it. And it, like, it just, it keeps building in a way where it never feels repetitive and constantly is building the threat up. Yeah. Um, and then it concludes in a very uh, satisfying way where we see the effects uh, that this thing happened uh, of like we see the effects of the the fungus and the ants affecting someone else and then we're told that it also affected the narrator but we get a little mystery as to the specifics of that experience. That's so um, which tasteful. I, yeah, really find that to be very good. Exactly. It's, it's tasteful which is weird for a story about uh, vagina ants um, <laughs> but it's it's like it's like how you um like when you see get out uh every mm-hmm. time the main character chris does violence to someone it cuts away yeah. um because we have sort of enough cultural baggage attached with um black men and violence that yeah. the filmmakers rightfully knew like you don't need to see him defending himself with violence because that's only reinforcing stereotypes and i think that um this story similarly although it's obviously not the elevated piece of high art that that motion picture is uh is like you get like you've seen you saw the narrator witnessing it happen to someone else you don't need her to recount her own trauma because the like world is women recounting their own trauma and i'm not making this character do that this one time and i I, it's 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 sort of a, a a powerful authorial statement hidden right there in the story you know who really could learn from this is the goddamn author of cabin in the woods or whatever the story we just read for 
is called. Oh, no, uh, Cabin Getaway. Yes. Cabin in the, Cabin in the Woods is a good movie. <laughs> oh, uh, right. Cabin... That's a horror movie. I remember yeah, it now. It's, it's a famous horror comedy directed by Drew Goddard. Co-written yes. Co-written by uh, Drew Goddard and um, famous uh, bad uh, husband, uh, Joss Whedon. I say husband <laughs> questioningly because I don't know if that person who was like, he was kind of an asshole, was married to him or whether they were just dating. Oh, yeah. I forgot um, about that. Did you hear the one about Chris Hardwick recently? I didn't know yeah. about any of this. That was so crazy to me. Oh, man. I really hope that nothing um, so bad happened between now and when this episode comes out that you saying that will be a huge problem. Um, but yeah, I, d- I did hear about that. And uh, <laughs> it's disappointing that someone that powerful also needs to, um, without a partner's consent, enact their power fantasies on that partner. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's, there's no, like, sometimes you see these stories come out and you're like, that person's a monster and they need help for their problems. In this case, it's like, that person's a monster and was fully in control of himself the entire time he was being a monster, which makes it so much worse to yeah. read about. It's a really scary not, thought. Yeah, it's not to diminish, like, when someone is a monster and also suffering from mental illness or addiction. It's just, like, God, it's so much scarier to me when <laughs> there, there, like, there is a cure if you're some like lousy booze hound who mm-hmm. is a domestic abuser. Uh, there is a cure so that you won't be that anymore. There is no cure for someone like Chris Hardwick because he chose to be that person, and <laughs> like, at no point was his agency interrupted by yeah. mental illness or addiction. He like was fully clear-headed the whole time. And that sucks. Yeah, that does extremely suck. Oh, man. Uh, I actually anyway. just finished reading the story, uh, the novel or memoir, I think it's a memoir, Tweak uh, by Nick Shaw, who is the son of the author of Beautiful Boy. And both of those books tell the same story of Nick's addiction from the two sides. And it's really interesting to hear how they each view the way that Nick acted when he was heavily into his addiction to crystal meth. And it's just like, interesting. yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, it does take a long time to read both 300 and some odd page books, but I think the two perspectives is really interesting because you almost never get that with especially a memoir, right? Like the two sides yeah. of what, what this person did hurt me and what I did hurt another person. That second one, especially you almost never hear. So those are good books. You should read them. They are the opposite of what Chris Hardwick is now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's always interesting to get, um, it's, it's funny because I, I'm somewhat interested in, like, a reformed bad person telling, like, what, t- talking about the bad things they did in, like, mm-hmm. a clear way. But, man, I hate that in horror stories. That comes <laughs> up, that comes up, like, a bunch, I guess because they're not reformed in horror stories, but it comes up a lot where, like, ooh, halfway through the story, you learn that it's written by the bad guy. And yeah. I, I don't, I don't like that trope. Um, I understand it's... Some people do like it, um, but it's 
it's not one that I find particularly effective. It decreases your sympathy so much instantly yeah. because it's like there is no way that you can build your character enough to make them attachable to an audience. And yeah, also- there, there's there's a reason why John Carpenter, uh, when he directed Halloween, credits Michael Myers as the shape. It's because yeah. he, didn't, he didn't want the murderer personified. He yeah. just he wanted you to take that this person is a is a monster. It's really interesting because I feel like despite the number of books and movies that try that trick, I have never find any found any of them even remotely effective, but I extremely have sympathy for the real life serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer because he Oh yeah, I feel I feel uh, terrible. Oh my like, god. There, uh, I I read the comic and saw the movie uh, yes. My Friend Dahmer and and it was like, obviously there is no excuse for the things he did, yes. but there were so many points in his life where he could have, like, if someone had had the capacity to intervene in his life, he yeah. could have turned out to be a normal and productive member of society. And the thing uh, is that he wanted that to happen. Like, whenever yep. he did something insanely violent as a child or teenager, he would tell people about it. And, like, it, the intent of that was very obviously, like, please help me. I'm doing things that other people should not find normal, and I want this to to not happen anymore and everyone was like ha 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 oh jeffrey you're so funny and yeah. it's like yeah it really sucked his whole life was a series of cries for help that people ignored and then yeah. uh his victims paid the price yeah really crazy <sighs> yeah especially the i mean then there's also the factor of um like society's homophobia uh and he was gay and that curdled yeah. into uh him specifically targeting men he found attractive like yeah. it, it it it's this whole mess of interconnected bad things and then the fact oh. that he was murdered in prison makes me so upset. Like I understand that mm. it's what it's what he he wanted to be dead. He did um, want to he, be dead. He by wanted that point. to be he wanted to be punished for his crimes, and yeah. he knew that after the first time he killed someone, there was no turning back. He um, had this or very he, he felt. I guess you can't know yeah. this very confusing sense of morality where it was like he had to be so 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 drunk to commit a genuine murder but then like his time with the body was always spent sober because that was what he really wanted he was a product killer and it's just like that in itself is so sad to me that like he didn't want to do a murder so much that he had to be essentially blacked out every time he committed one and yet yeah. it was like he would have a filipino boy with a brain full of acid and cops would come to his house and be like whoa gay stuff happening we'll see you later like someone help him really yeah. sad oh man yeah it's 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 such a shame yeah anyway i was trying to not end the episode on a downer and we ended it on like five downers whoops. Uh, <laughs> whoops, whoops. so tell me uh where the people can find you to interact with you online if you would like them to um, and if you don't want them to then don't it's okay you can find me basically no one ever actually finds me based on saying this so it's okay i'm i'm fine with whatever what dreams may come out of this uh you can find me on twitter as banana xylophone or on snapchat as banana boat v3 Cool. I'm on Twitter, J3FK, Snapchat, and Instagram, Jeff JK, Funtimes.online for other episodes of this 
show. And as always, you can join Creepypods the fan group on Facebook to talk about this story and other stories. You can go to iTunes and leave a review or Google Play and leave a review or like whatever app you use, please leave a review. Uh, thank you. That's all we have for this week. Uh, I guess this will be the final line. Needless to say, I don't use tampons anymore. Thank you.